Hey there, welcome back to The Truth Is Somewhere, a conspiracy theory podcast. Sorry we missed you guys last week. Megan? Yeah, I'm sorry too. <laughs> you changed what you were saying and it totally like threw my whole world for a loop. I was yeah. like, you didn't ask me what we're talking about this I week. I was going to say, so Megan, confused. what are we talking about this week? Uh, okay, Megan, what are we talking about this week? Uh, this week we're going to take things a little different. This is not a typical conspiracy. Oh. Uh, we're talking about a little more of a mystery this time, but it was interesting enough that I wanted to talk about it, so that's what we're doing. Oh, I bet there's a conspiracy about why we're not talking about conspiracies. I bet there is. Okay, well. Okay. So we're going to talk about... About? Uh, the murder of this poor man. Poor man. A little true crime mystery for okay. you. Um, So on January 2nd, 1935, a young man checked into the President Hotel in Kansas City, Missouri. Mm -hmm. He signed his name as Roland T. Owen and said he was from Los Angeles. He was dressed well, but had one cauliflower ear and a large white horizontal scar on the left side of his head. Okay, so probably a fighter of some sort. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he didn't have any luggage. No luggage, okay. No luggage. Checked into a hotel, no luggage. Interesting. Uh, Owen requested an interior room so that there would be no window facing the street. Okay. And he was assigned room 1046. Later that day, a maid named Mary Soptic, a maid. A maid. I think that I didn't quite get that. I was like, is that a man? No, no. No, a a maid. A maid named Mary Soptic observed that Owen seemed nervous. Mm -hmm. His room was completely dark with all the shades closed and only one lamp turned on. Okay. And Owen left the room just after the maid arrived and Owen asked her to leave the door unlocked because he was expecting a friend. Um, Mary noted that Owen's facial expressions and actions made her think that he was afraid or Mm -hmm. at the very least very nervous about something. Okay. So, like I kind of said a second ago, nothing nothing too unusual yet. No, nothing too unusual yet. Um, A few hours later, Mary entered the room to bring fresh towels and found Owen laying on the bed fully dressed. So that's a little weird. Yeah. There was a note on the desk that said, quote, Dawn, I will be back in 15 minutes, period, wait, period. Oh. End quote. Okay. Yeah. Now it's starting to get a little weird. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So mid-morning the next day, Mary returned and found the door to Owen's room locked from the outside. So she locked, she used her own key and this mm-hmm. is cause remember this is, um, 1935. Okay. Yeah, so this so. isn't like, we have the, I've been the to key keys cards. Keys. It's like an actual key. Yeah. yeah so but... he locked it from the outside. I would imagine then there has to be, uh, locks on the other side of the doors as well. Yeah. So I don't know. He locked it from the outside. That's okay. all, that's all that's okay. necessary to know. It's locked from the outside. So she uses her own key to open the door, mm-hmm. and she found Owen alone inside the room, just sitting oh. in the dark. So someone locked him in there? Yeah. Okay, but he's in there. But he's in there. And he's fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, so she cleaned the room while Owen was on the phone, mm-hmm. and she overheard him say, quote, No, Dawn, I don't want to eat. I am not hungry. I just had breakfast. No, I am not hungry. Okay. So Dawn again. Dawn. This Dawn. damn Dawn. Dawn. Okay, hold on. The question is... Is it D-O-N Don or D-A-W Don? D-A-W-N Don. It's D-O-N Don. Okay, like so the man note Don. Said, yes, man Don. Like okay. Donald. Yeah, Don like Donald, not Don like Don. Don. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so later that day, she again comes to deliver new towels. Mm-hmm. And she knocks on the door and she heard two men's voices. Okay. And a man who was not Owen told her that the towels were not needed. 
Okay, so not... the other man's voice. The other man's voice, who we're presuming is Dawn? That's what I would assume. Okay. It's, it's, it's a decent assumption that it's Dawn. Okay. Um, so police think that Owen's next interaction with a person came at 11 p.m. on January 3rd. Okay. And it was about a mile and a half from the hotel. And a Kansas City Water Department employee named Robert Lane picked up a young man who was walking along the road in only a pair of pants and an undershirt. And it's January, so yeah. it's cold. It's cold, and in the 1930s, I would imagine that just wearing an undershirt is not like it's a not good a good. Thing. Thing. That's like yeah. kind of like being naked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, he had a deep scratch on his arm and appeared to be trying to hide blood from another potential wound, mm-hmm. like he was like covering his stomach. Okay. Um, Did he also have a cauliflower ear and another scar? That wasn't mentioned. Oh. But but police assume it was him, so I, I'm okay. assuming he must have had him. Okay. Um, the young man asked Lane to take him to any place where he could pick up a taxi, mm-hmm. and when Lane asked him about his arm, the young man muttered, quote, I'll kill him tomorrow, end oh. quote. Um, I'll kill him tomorrow. Yeah, there was supposedly an expletive in there, too, but it was redacted by the newspaper, so we don't know exactly what he said. Like, okay. Maybe it was like, I'll fucking kill him tomorrow. Okay. But, you know... Back then, you didn't publish that in the newspaper. No, I mean, nowadays, you still don't really publish no, that in the newspaper. Not unless it's, like, Rolling Stone or something. Sure, but otherwise, that still doesn't make... You would have F yeah, 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 star yeah. Mm-hmm. something, 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 you know, pound sign, or F star CK. Yeah. F star pound exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Exactly like that. Yeah. Uh, witness accounts place Owen with two women in several bars, one street over from where Lane picked him up earlier that afternoon. So mm-hmm. he was he was having a good time with some ladies. Okay. In so a bar. He's still doing all right. He was doing all right at that time. No wounds? Um, yeah, at that time he still had on a coat and there was no slash on his arm. And oh. no one to this day knows how he ended up with the, that slash. It's a, a great mystery. Not as big as the rest of this mystery, but that part is actually a mystery. The great mystery of... How he got the cut on his arm. Yep, that's the whole thing. Yep. This whole thing's about the cut on his arm. Oh, wow. Yep. Man, this is a riveting episode. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, very early Friday morning, January 4th. Okay. A guest in room 1048 heard arguing between male and female voices coming from room 1046, so Owen's room. Okay, so this would be Owen and Don, D-A-W-N, Don. <laughs> Sure, and yeah. Don Don and Don. Oh, there's yes. three. That's what that's what they think. Oh, did I did I mishear you say that? You said between a man and a male woman. and female voices. Is voices. All I said. Oh, okay, yep. okay. So, Don Don and Owen. <laughs> Don Don and Owen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so the the telephone operator takes a complaint from room 1046. Mm-hmm. No, 1048. Sorry, and then she notices that 1046's phone has been off the hook for a while. So she sends a bellboy up to check on Owen. Okay. Um, so the bellboy knocks on the door, and a deep voice said, come in, but it wasn't Owen's voice. It was D-A-W-N. No, D-O-N. Come in. Do a real deep come in. Come in. Yeah, it was totally D-A-W-N trying to sound like a man. Yeah, yeah. So deep voice says, come in, but the door was locked. Uh-huh. So Bellboy can't go in. Bellboy tells the man, or rather the deep voice, <laughs> that uh, the door was locked, but he gets no response. Okay. So he heard the man say, turn on the lights. Mm-hmm. And then the bellboy knocked for several more minutes, and no one ever responded. Oh. Uh, and then he shouted through the door, quote, put the phone back on the hook, end quote, and then left. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah the Don. Uh, yeah. The Don. <laughs> the the uh, the bellboy was probably like, ah, I'm wasting my freaking time up here. Exactly. Like, just put put it up there. Ah, put that's the all phone, I hear. Put the phone yeah. back up. Uh-huh. So at 8:30 a.m. on January 4th, the phone Did in they? ten. What? Did they put the phone back on the? No, hook? I'm trying to tell you. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. My apologies. So now fast forward. It is 8.30 a.m. from, like, mm-hmm. 1 o'clock in the morning okay. to 8.30 in the morning yeah, yeah. on January 4th, and the phone in 10.46 was still off the hook. Oh. So a different bellboy went up to check on Owen. He mm-hmm. knocked for several minutes to no response, so he used his key to let himself in the room. Mm-hmm. Owen was naked in his bed, and the bellboy figured Owen was passed out drunk. Sure. So he put the phone back on the stand, and then he left. Uh, but I bet he wasn't just passed out naked on the bed, was he? Well, let's find out. Let's find out. Because about an hour later, the phone was off the hook again. What? Yeah. Okay. So he takes the... Apparently, Owen takes the phone off the hook again. Well, maybe he doesn't want people calling him. Maybe. That's yeah. that's a logical explanation. Mm-hmm. Like, don't call me. I'm busy. Yeah, yeah. Go away, Don, D-O-N. Go away. <laughs> Go away, Double Dons. <laughs> um, so the same bellboy was sent to fix it. The same as in the last one or the one before? The same as in the last one, the one that walked in and put the phone okay. on the hook. Yeah, yeah. Thought that Owen was mm-hmm. drunk. So he goes back up. Uh, there's no answer to the knock on the bell- the door, so the bellboy uses his key to get in. Sure. And he notices that Owen was now very close to the door on his hands and knees and holding his head. So still, like, possi- okay. in the realm of really drunk. Yeah, like, right. Probably sick. hungover. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, like, if you work in a hotel, you've probably seen this shit a million times, right? Probably, so, yeah, yeah. So he walks past Owen... Uh, thinking he's still drunk, okay. he replaces the phone back on the stand, and then he turns on the lights, and there's blood all over the walls, the bed, and the bathtub. Oh. So, Bellboy gets the fuck out of that room, because yeah. now he's terrified. He runs down, alerts the manager. Mm-hmm. Manager calls the cops. So, police and detectives arrive, discover Owen with ties around his neck, ankles, and wrists. Oh, ties? Yeah. Like, you were around your neck? I don't, it just said ties, I don't know, babe. Okay, I was just curious. Like maybe ties, like, may, maybe this is a little bit of Fifty Shades of Grace shit, and it's it's ties. I don't know. Maybe it's zip ties. Were zip ties yeah. invented in the 1930s? I don't know. So maybe it's rope. The question is, was it a rich man or a poor man that tied him up? Because that changes the story entirely. It does change the story entirely. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on. His hands, his wrists, his ankles, and his neck are tied with something. Uh-huh. Um, Let's say bow ties, because that sounds funny. That does sound funny. Yeah, you said ties, and a tie, a bow tie is a tie, so... I know, but I don't want to joke about what happened to this poor man. Oh, okay. Because... Uh, Damn it, Don, not you had only, to ruin my joke. Not only was he had ties of some sort mm-hmm. around all these, these, these places, oh, no. he had also been stabbed repeatedly in the chest, and his skull was fractured. Oh! Yep. Yeah, that's probably why he was on the ground holding his head. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So a detective asked Owen, because he's still alive at this point, and uh-huh. he's conscious at this point, which is nuts. I mean, that yeah. poor, poor man. Poor man. Detective asks him who had done this to him, and he replied, nobody. I know, right? And the detective asked how he had been who how he had been hurt, and Owen replied, I fell against the bathtub. Oh. Mm-hmm. And when asked if he had tried to commit suicide, he told them no. Uh-huh. And then he fell into a coma and died around 24 hours later at the okay. hospital. Okay, I mean, yeah, but can you really take his words... Uh, face value. I know, his skull is fractured. Right, and he's his lost brains a lot are of blood. Uh, yeah. 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 I fell on the tub. Maybe he did fall maybe on the tub. Maybe he did fall on the tub, but maybe that was because he was bouncing around because his ankles were tied. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, during the search of the room, detectives found only a necktie label, 
Oh, maybe it was neckties then. Yeah. <laughs> There Maybe you go. Was. Look at that. Uh, a hairpin, uh-huh. an unlit cigarette, oh. a safety pin, and a small unopened bottle of diluted sulfuric acid. Oh. See, what really surprises me is that unlit cigarette in, uh, unlit, not let, unlit cigarette in 1930? Come on, no. Everybody was smoking. An unlit cigarette is a sin back then. That's, that's like, that on its own right is conspiracy fodder. Sure. We'll go with that. Why was the cigarette not? I lit? was thinking maybe the sulfuric acid would be more your skin. Yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> Sorry, <conspiracy>. my watch is <laughs> knocking on things. Yeah. Um, there was a broken water glass in the sink. It was okay. all like jagged. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the towel, shampoo, and all of Owen's clothing was missing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. They found one fingerprint on the telephone stand, and they thought the fingerprint belonged to a woman. Now, everything I read was just like, presumably belonging to a woman. And I was like, how is it the size of the fingerprint that like I don't know alludes to it being a woman? It was presumably a woman's fingerprint, but I don't know how they got to that assumption. I didn't know that you could. Maybe you can tell the difference between gender and fingerprints. I would just think maybe it's like maybe she had small it's small hands. Yeah, but that that's could also true. be a child. I don't know. Whatever. Could be, but do you think a child would be involved in that? I mean, maybe. Likely not. Um. Okay. Now it gets weirder. Oh. It's already been kind of weird. Yeah, I would say this is in the realm of, like, unsolved mysteries, but let's yeah. get weird. But now it's it's getting weirder. Mm-hmm. Several people were able to identify Owen's body, but each of them knew him by different names. Okay. I like so, that. A nearby hotel knew him as Eugene K. Scott of mm-hmm. Los Angeles, who had also requested an interior room. Okay. And another hotel knew him as Duncan Ogletree, and he had sh- shared a room with Donald Kelso. Don, D-O-N, Don. D-O-N, Don. A wrestling promoter had spoken with Owen about signing up for some matches, but his name with the promoter was Cecil Werner. Oh, and that's why the cigarette was unlit. He didn't get those matches yet. That was fucking horrible. (laughs) That was terrible. You should apologize to the people who listen to this podcast. Megan, no apologies. I live with this. Just so everyone is aware. And you're laughing. Yes. And you're laughing. I married this on purpose. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I feel sorry for your ears. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to have to do a lot of editing on that. Whoops. Sorry, everybody. No. So police put out the word through the media to ask the public to help identify the man. Mm Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, out of the hundreds of people who came to view him, no one could tell police who he really was. Okay, that makes sense. They just got all these different names. Sure. Um, the police also could not find the man named Don that Mary had overheard Owen speaking to, or the woman who had possibly left a print behind. Uh, they also didn't understand how they fit into the crime. So, they so. think maybe it was a love triangle gone awry. Like, maybe Owen and Don and... and D-A-W-N, we're all getting it on. Mm-hmm. Um, and something went terribly, terribly wrong. You know... And they killed Owen. I mean, if you have a threesome that ends in blood and a fractured skull, that's a hell of a night. That is a hell of a but night. But something that you should probably only do once, if not ever, in your life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, he only got to do it once, so... You know, maybe he, he went out with a bang. Maybe he did. Um... <laughs> But then the question is, like, why did Owen not disclose who attacked him then? Like, uh, was it because he still loved them? Maybe. I I kind of get the feeling this is mafia territory. Oh. 
interesting. Yeah, did you not think about that? No, I did. It's later yeah. in the episode. Oh yeah. yeah, I it it to me this sounds like mafia territory. Yeah. Like, but hey, I don't want to take your fodder from you. You tend to get mad at me for that. So mm-hmm. you get mad at me when I come to conclusions too quickly. We'll we'll get there. Okay. Give it a couple minutes. Okay. We'll I didn't get there. say anything about mafia. No, it's okay. We're <laughs> we are going to get to the mafia. Okay. I'm not I'm not mad this time because this is more mystery than actual conspiracy. Uh-huh. So I'm not okay. mad. We're gonna okay. we're gonna move on though. You're mad the other times. Yeah. Oh. I'm mad the other times. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, by March, it had been decided that they would bury Owen in a potter's field. Uh huh. Um. So basically, like a pauper's grave. They're like, we don't know who this guy is, so we're gonna put him in basically like an unmarked pauper's grave. I don't know what a pauper's grave is, but I like it. It's for poor people who can't afford a grave. Oh, okay. Yeah. Makes um, sense. But an anonymous male donor called the funeral home and offered to pay for Owen's body to be buried in Kansas City's Memorial Park Cemetery. Mm-hmm. And the caller said that he would be next to his sister then. Next to Owen's sister? No, next, oh, next to, to the caller's man's. sister. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely mafia. There's no way this isn't mafia stuff in yeah. 1930s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, some accounts say that the man explained that Owen had jilted a woman he knew and that the three of them had met at the hotel to discuss it. I feel like I'm learning so many words today. What is jilted? Had, like, done her wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So they'd met at the hotel to discuss it, and then the man said, quote, Cheaters usually get what's coming to them. Oh. Before he hung up. Anonymous oh. caller. Uh, and then just before the funeral, an anonymous female called a local newspaper to chastise them about reporting that Owen would be buried in a pauper's grave, mm-hmm. and that the funeral arrangements had been made at the Memorial Park Cemetery. Okay. When pressed by the editor about what happened to Owen, she simply replied, quote, he got into a jam. That is quite a jam. That is quite a jam. That's a predicament. Oh, that's quite a pickle he got himself into. (laughs) (laughs) In what world is this a pickle he got himself into, right? Like, like somebody murdered this guy. Yeah. It's stuck between a a hard dawn and a tough dawn. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... So, true to his word, the anonymous possible killer caller uh-huh. sent cash wrapped in newspaper to the funeral home, and Owen was buried at the Memorial Park Cemetery Okay, with only police in attendance. The only people who showed up were police. I actually am a little surprised other people didn't show up just out of curiosity. Right? Yeah. Um, another anonymous order was also placed with a local florist for 13 American Beauty roses to be laid on his grave with a card that read, quote, Love forever, Louise. Oh, End quote. Louise. So it's not D-A-W-N. It's Louise. You don't know. That could be his other girl. Oh, that's true. The one that he, uh, what, jigged? Jived? J- <laughs> jilted. J- jiggled? <laughs> Probably all jilted. of those things. Jilted, yeah. <laughs> he jigged, jived, and jilted. Yeah. Um, so now it gets real weird. Mm-hmm. Ready? Oh, it's not weird yet. Okay. <laughs> it's not weird yet. It gets real weird now. In the time leading up to the murders, a young man named Artemis Ogletree was traveling the country and writing letters back to home to his mother, Ruby. Okay. All of his letters had been handwritten and mailed home to Birmingham, Alabama, and had told of his travels in longhand. Mm-hmm. But then, in the spring of 1935, Ruby Ogletree, Ogletree received a typewritten letter from Artemis. Ruby thought this was suspicious, as she knew that Artemis didn't even know how to use a typewriter. And then the slang used in the letters wasn't how Artemis spoke or wrote. Uh, She received several more typewritten letters. One explained that Artemis was attending business school in Chicago. Okay. Another said he was sailing from New York to Europe. 
And then in August of 1935, a man named Jordan called Ruby and claimed he was a friend of Artemis's. And he told Ruby that Artemis had saved his own life and had married a wealthy woman in Egypt. So Artemis saved Jordan. And then got married to a wealthy woman in Egypt. Sounds like a great life. Yeah, yeah. He also told Ruby that she wouldn't be receiving typed letters anymore because Artemis had lost his thumb in a brawl. Oh, well, that would explain the writing being gone. Yeah. So Ruby grew even more suspicious and reached out to the local police, the FBI, and the American consulate in Egypt, but Mm -hmm. no one could find Artemis. Oh. So in the fall of 1936... A friend of Ruby's brought her the May 1935 issue of the American Weekly, in which an article titled The Mystery of Room Number 1046 was written about the death of Roland T. Owen. Okay. There was a photograph of Owen's body in the article, Mm -hmm. and Ruby's friend brought the article to her attention because Owen looked like Artemis. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So the scar on Owen's head matched a scar that Artemis had gotten after being burned as a child, Mm -hmm. and Ruby sent letters and photographs to the Kansas City Police Department, and they confirmed that Roland T. Owen was indeed none other than 17-year-old Artemis Ogletree. What? He was 17? He was only 17. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Quite the... I don't know what I don't know what he was quite the actually, mm-hmm. but uh, he he sure got himself into a jam. He got himself into a jam. So if you're doing some uh, some conspiracy math here, mm-hmm. Artemis Ogletree was killed in January of 1935. Okay. But in the spring of that same year, Ruby received typewritten letters supposedly from Owen. Oh, yeah, probably the mafia and trying to keep up the fact that he wasn't dead. Yeah, the yeah. phone call in 1936 from Jordan came almost two years after Artemis had already died. Um, which means that someone knew that Roland was actually Artemis and that Artemis had died and had gone through the trouble to hide that from Artemis's family. Okay. So, obviously, I know... I already I gave the disclaimer that this branch is way out from our normal conspiracy theories and, course, and like, cryptids and interesting things like that. But we just have a good old-fashioned mafia conspiracy. I mean, more or less, yeah. Because yeah. that's the... That right now seems like the only question. Yeah. And most as... people... Like, most people believe that Artemis got mixed up with the mafia. Like, that's... Sure. That's a pretty generally accepted explanation. So, I think it's... I think mafia for sure, but I think that there was some... There's something... He was honor bound by something. Sure. Because why would he not? He's like on his deathbed. Mm-hmm. He's dying. Like maybe he didn't think he was gonna die. That's the only thing I can think of. But why would he not say who did it? Sure. Why would he say, ah, you know, I slipped on the. I, I sli- hit my head. I on had the tub. hit the head on the tub. On my head on the tub. Like that's. And I just how happened I... to tie up my own feet and hands and neck. Yeah, and that's why I have stab wounds. Mm-hmm. Like that yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. Like I feel that he had. Like, either just a ridiculously uh, high code of honor himself, for some reason, uh, and he liked these people enough that he felt like it was better he didn't say something. Sure. Maybe they threatened him. That's actually another thought, now I think about it. Maybe Mm -hmm. he was threatened his, uh, well, I touched that, sorry, Uh, Ruby. Maybe Mm -hmm. he was was afraid they would kill Ruby. Maybe. Um, Or someone else close in his life. I just say Ruby, because Ruby's closest thing to someone personal yeah. we have in his life right or maybe now. louise or oh yeah you're right louise maybe mm-hmm. they kill louise um probably not d-a-w-n dawn i imagine she's kind of like you know she's the bad girl which mm-hmm. you know um so i have a little bit of background about the mafia okay um in the 1930s kansas city played host to a crime family started by the di giovanni brothers so like kansas city actually has this huge background of having the mafia like mm-hmm. big time which I didn't know 
until I started reading about this story. Um, I think it makes sense. So the DiGiovanni brothers fled Sicily to Kansas City in 1912. Like, that's so fucking random they went to Kansas City. Uh, but they left Sicily because yeah. they were assholes over there, and then they came here to be assholes. It could have been any big big city at that point. Yeah. Um, during the Prohibition era, they made a lot of money by being the only group bootlegging alcohol in the city. Okay. So they're rolling in dough at that point. And then in the 30s, there was a lot of movement in the bosses of the gang due to assassinations and arrests. Mm-hmm. And it's possible that Ogletree somehow got tangled up in the mafia, possibly through boxing or rustling. Okay. Like, um, so this is my own theory. This was oh. not a theory that was that was in the research, but this Lens is what theory. I'm I am thinking. So Artemis has a cauliflower ear, uh-huh. right? Yep. And his interest in signing up with the wrestling promoter in Kansas City kind of leads me to think like, oh, he's a wrestler, boxer. Oh yeah, like, obviously. I thought that as soon as right. as soon as you said he had a cauliflower ear, I was like, ah, yeah. That's why I said, yeah, he's probably a fighter of some sort. So here he is. He's 17 years old. He's away from home for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. Um. Where is he getting money to stay in hotels all over Kansas City? Right? Like, where is he getting the money? So, personally, I think he was fighting. I think he started out fighting Mm because he enjoyed fighting and it was a good way for him to make money. That makes sense. And then I think what maybe happened is that he got approached by the mafia and they were like, throw the fight. Yeah, that would make sense. Like, they were essentially betting and cheating using him. Yeah, or... Yeah, that would actually make sense and why he would have a bunch of different aliases because... Mm -hmm. He's going around um, in fighting in these rings as different people yeah. losing. And then he stands to make more money at that point. Because if he... The if mafia is paying like, him. You're going to win. And then the mafia is betting big about him losing. And that goes against the odds. They win bigger. They pay him more mm-hmm. than what he was going to make, make just by winning. Mm-hmm. So he goes in and he loses. Sure. Um, and then maybe, maybe, maybe he had a great sense of honor, like you said. And he's like, I'm not going to lose anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that would kind of explain why the phone was off the, the hook, because maybe he was trying to hide. Maybe. He didn't want people to call him anymore. He was trying to get away from the mafia. Yeah. And the other thing is that a lot of people um, point out the fact that mafia bosses are often referred to as Don. D-O-N. Oh, yeah, the So that Don. might not even have been his name. Yeah, the Don. That yeah. makes sense. Um, it, it might have just been used as a title. Yeah. And then the brutal way in which Artemis was attacked and left for dead... That has a mafia example written all over it. Like, they yeah. made an example of this guy. Kind of sloppy they left him alive, though. It is kind of sloppy they left him alive. And that's that's one thing is, like, why didn't he... Why didn't he turn? Why didn't he say something? Yeah. That, the only thing I can think of is they said they were going to come for his family. Well, and then the other thing was that some people think that the woman that people heard in 1046 was possibly the wife of the mob boss. Mm. And that, like, she and Artemis had a little thing, and they were going to run away together, and the arguments overheard were, like, the mob boss finding out and finding them. And I then, mean, so this maybe... sounds like a soap opera more well, than it does sure, a conspiracy. Well, but... sure, but I'm... Ugh. And aliens and stuff aren't, like... Okay, whatever. That's fine. They're like, soap opera! This is too unbelievable because it's like a soap opera, but we can believe in aliens and Bigfoot. That's no problem. I didn't believe in any of that. <laughs> I, know. I haven't said I believe <laughs> in any of that. It's really weird that this is what you pinpoint. I'm just saying it sounds more like a soap opera sure. than a real the real deal. But maybe, I mean, it's possible. Well, that's kind of, I'm bringing it up because maybe it's a point of why he didn't say anything. Because he's like, well, mm. I'm going to die and I want her to be taken care of, so I'm not going to turn them in. I'll give you that. But unfortunately, we will never know. We will never know. The world may never know. We didn't find the truth this time. Or did we? No truth here. No truth? No truth here. No truth? But an interesting mystery, nonetheless. Yeah, that is interesting. That's all we got, huh? That's all we got. That's all we got. That's all we got. Okay, well, uh, 
Yeah. We both think it's the Mafia. There you have it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought it was the Mafia. Like, early on. Early on. Yeah. It definitely has Mafia written all over it. Yeah. Mafia or, uh... The government. The government? The government. Which is really just, uh, like, the big Mafia. <laughs> this is true. The government is. It's just the it's big true. Mafia. It's it the legal the big, Mafia. It's the legal Mafia. It's true. <laughs> uh, nobody heard me say that. Nope. The government, I hope, didn't. They certainly did not. The NSA guy that lives inside your phone definitely heard that. Mm-mm. All right, guys. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TTIS Podcast. True. If you like what we're doing, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us show up for other people to see and hear what you're liking so much. If you really like us, feel free to donate over on Patreon where you get videos and bonus merch and bonus content. Uh, that's patreon.com slash Podcast. If you have questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, you can email us at thetruthissomewherepodcast at gmail.com. And I think that about does it. Uh, I think it does. Bye. Bye-bye.